Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. You know, passion, passion is a key to the kingdom being released in your life. And, uh, and I felt that during worship, this is a word for a few people here, is that your passion's been waning, you, you're running dry, and, and you want a breakthrough from God. You want all these things to happen in your life. You want to see more of God's presence. And, uh, and passion is the key to that. And, and the Apostle James, he, he said that if anyone lacks wisdom, ask God and he'll give you wisdom. So that tells me whatever we need, we come to God just as we are. We ask him and there's a transference. So that means if I want passion in my life, I need to spend some time with God and ask him to stir up the passion within me. Say, God, stir up that passion, stir up that fire. Jesus, instead of Jesus, he was consumed by the zeal of God's house. He had an incredible zeal for God, and I share this with our team before the service. He had such zeal, such passion. And so any situation he went through, he always flourished. He, he, didn't, he, didn't, he always flourished because in his inner world, there was great passion and desire for God. You can know as much about God as you want. You can have, you know, you can have all the... All this stuff in the world, but if you're not passionate, then it's not going to happen. So we need passion. For the invitational life, you need passion, don't you? I mean, give me someone who's passionate, and they'll lead an invitational life. And, uh, and that's what we're focusing on today. Uh, welcome to everyone who's listening on live stream on YouTube. Uh, we welcome you. We have a great following online, so it's great to have you all listening in today. They're here with us in spirit. Amen. Amen. So the invitational life, uh, leading people to encounters with Jesus. I can't think of anything much more exciting than that, that God would use you, that the Holy Spirit will flow through you to impact someone else, your friend, your, your family member, people in your workplace. How amazing is that? That God wants to flow through you to meet people. And I look at my life, I look at all the areas, I look at my relationship with God, and I think probably the most challenging thing, the, the thing I'm most challenged in, and maybe you're the same, it is the invitational life. I think of, the, the, of my walk with God uh, as a believer, as a son of God, the most challenging thing for me, you know, I can believe for healing, I find that easy, I can believe that God will bless my finances, I can believe for all this stuff. But the invitational life's a big challenge. It is. It's a challenge to share Jesus with people. And, uh, and so I want to equip you today. I want to equip you today on how to do that. I want to provide a framework for you uh, because it is challenging, but we can make it easy for ourselves. You know, we, we, need, to, we need to get good at being challenged. You know, uh, I, I think that it's important to be challenged. If you're comfortable and you're a believer, if you're comfortable, then there's a problem. If you're comfortable, it means you're probably not pursuing God as you should be. If you're comfortable, you're probably sitting in, on your couch at home and you, you're not doing much about pursuing God. See, Mark chapter 16, verse 17 to 18 says, These signs shall follow those who believe. They shall go to work all day, come home, look after the family, you know, pray a bit to God at night, get up in the morning, go to work, go home, do all this. That's all great stuff. We have to do that. We have our, our things that we have to do throughout the day. But it says, these signs shall follow all those who believe. So everyone here, you all believe, don't you? I, I believe you all believe in God. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. 
Do you believe that? Good. All right. So you all believe. These signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, Jesus says, they shall cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues, pick up snakes so they won't harm them, drink anything poison, they won't harm them. So we can all drink coffee. Amen. And Walter's happy about that. They can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The whole point is that there is a supernatural realm open to the sons and daughters of God where it says, yes, I can have the Holy Spirit and His supernatural power flow through me and impact someone else. That is available for every single person in this room today, everyone listening online, everyone who listens to this message. That is available for you, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Is someone excited about that? Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 Christ in you, so the Spirit of Christ living in you, is the hope of glory. We know hope, we, we, we think of hope as, oh well, God, I hope, I hope, you know, hope can be a, a lost term these days. But biblical hope comes from the Greek word alpis, it means a joyful and confident expectation. So Jesus living in you is a joyful and confident expectation. It gives me a joyful and confident expectation, it gives you that a joyful and confident expectation that you will see. God's glory, God's power, God's truth, God's supernatural strength revealed in your life, to your world, to your family, to your workplace. I'm pretty sure that it says somewhere in Scripture that God wants His glory to cover the earth. How does that happen? It happens because Christ in you is the hope of glory. I'm excited about that. So that's the invitational life that we're called to lead. And, uh, it, you know, it's a challenge, but we're going to be equipped today. Are we ready for that? Yeah. We're going to go through some passages today. Uh, I've got some great points for us. I, I believe this is going to provide a, a framework, a belief system for you, so that when you go throughout your week, you'll be able to draw upon this and say, this gives me a, a foundation of how to do it. Um, so there's some great keys in this. Uh, stay alert today. Because I may go a few different ways. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. If you can turn with me there. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, Jesus is resurrected, yet the disciples, some of them still doubted. That tells me that there's always doubt we have to overcome. There's always going to be doubt. You know, doubt never fully goes away. There's always, your, your faith will always overcome doubt, but you always have to watch out for it. Some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age or, or world could be a better translation in that context. Um, that's amazing, isn't it? Jesus says all authority has been given to him. And so he draws his disciples to him. He says, come here, all authority, exousia, it's the Greek word, exousia, it's the legal power to act, the legal power to act on earth in heaven and on earth. So in the spirit realm and in the physical realm, all authority has been given to Jesus. Amen? So that means wherever you see the enemy working in someone's life, 
in the spirit or in the physical, it's illegal. It's illegal because Jesus has taken back all legal authority, a legal power to act. Therefore, that's the linking word. He says, therefore, that means that he's given all the authority to his disciples, to you today. I look at you today and I see a lot of people with authority. I see people with great authority today to act on the supernatural, with the supernatural power of God. Come on. So he says, therefore, he has all this authority, Jesus. He gives it to us because Christ lives in you. Therefore, go. That's the response. Go. And this, I believe that this point is uh, incredibly important. This has helped me a lot. Therefore, go. This is the first point. We are called to go. That's the first point. I know it's simple, but we're called to go. This is about having a going mindset. Uh, the disciples went physically, so they went on a, you know, they went doing missions, they went doing all this stuff. We may, you may not necessarily go on a missions trip, you may not be called to minister over in Africa and in Indonesia or wherever, but, but you're always called to go. There's a going mindset. When you're in your workplace, this is about every day being aware that I have a going mindset, that I have that Jesus has given me authority, and so I'm going. I'm aware every day when you're in your workplace, when you're walking down the street, when you're at a function, when you're at a party, when you're at a family dinner, in the back of your mind, you're saying, I'm ready. I'm called to go. I've got this mindset, this mindset where I'm aware that Jesus is here and that he wants to move through me. See, this first point is so important because think about it. If you don't do this, if you don't have a going mindset, you're never going to go. You'll never go. That's the point, is that you're never going to go if, you, if you're not aware that Jesus wants you to. I mean, uh, we had a, a, our air con, uh, yeah, our air con went out on, on Monday, and, uh, and the guy came in and fixed it, and I was, I was you know, stuck in my work, consumed in that. I didn't have a going mindset, and so I wasn't thinking properly. And this guy comes in, I probably spent about 15 minutes with him, and you know what? After he left, I realized I didn't even think to share Jesus with him. I didn't, I'm a, sorry, I'm a pastor, but I do that sometimes. I didn't even think. I didn't even think about it. It didn't even cross my mind. I realized that I didn't have a going mindset. And so thank you, God, that our aircon went out again. Vanessa wasn't happy about it, but, you know. Uh, so, so it went out again. On the Wednesday, he, we go back to the office. It's not working. And, uh, and I get into the office, and I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm like, and I, and I, bet, I bet you the same, the same man from the company will come back. And it was the same guy. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Well, I can't, I can't even chicken out this time. I have to do it now. God's just setting me up for this. And so, you know, I was ready. But I was ready for it. That's right. I had a going mindset. And so that was great. I actually, I actually walked him out to his car, and he was having trouble getting, um, getting a loan to get a house. And so I got to pray for him for that. And, uh, and, but... That's what the going mindset does, is it makes you ready. If you're not going, if you're not thinking, okay, I'm prepared to go, I'm always prepared to go every day, if you're not thinking like that, you're never going to go. It's never going to happen for you. And so the going mindset is really important. Acts chapter 6 is a great example. Stephen is a man full of the Holy Spirit, like every person here, full of the Holy Spirit. He's not an apostle. He's not a, uh, he, he's not a, a teacher. He's not necessarily an evangelist. You know, not your, not your famous superstar or anything like that. He's just a person like myself or you. And Stephen gets put in charge 
of, uh, of handing out food to the widows, distributing food to the widows. Great job. So if you work at the food bank in Hope City Mission, this is similar to what you do. You know, he's, he's, it's not like a glamorous job, is it? He's not like the apostles where he gets to preach every day and get into the Word of God. They've got, well, I think they've got a great job. But Stephen, distributing food to the widows. But it says he was full of the Holy Spirit. Stephen understood that God wants to move through me. And he said, God moved through Stephen with great signs and wonders. Stephen saw people saved. Stephen saw people impacted for the kingdom. Steve, Stephen led people into encounters with Jesus. That tells me it's for every single person. For every single person who's full of the Holy Spirit, doesn't matter what you're doing, doesn't matter what job you're in, doesn't matter where you are, you all have the ability to lead people to Jesus when you're ready to go, when you have a going mindset. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says that we are ambassadors of Christ. Ambassadors, as though God was reconciling the world to himself through us. So you carry a ministry of reconciliation, but imagine an ambassador. What, is, what does an ambassador do? They're citizens of a country, but they're living in another country. They're representing the, the, they're representing the, the country that they're citizens of in, an, in another country, and they're showing that country's interests. They're representing who they are. The scripture says in Philippians that we are citizens of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. So that means that if you want to be an ambassador of God, it's about getting a, a going mindset where you're at that point where you're walking throughout the day and you're thinking, I've got my own agendas, so you've got your own stuff you have to do. And we all do. We have to work and do all these things. We've got tasks to do, look after the kids, cook dinner, whatever it is. And, you know, we've all got our own agendas. But being a citizen of heaven, being an ambassador, means that you have heaven's interests in the back of your mind. You've, you've got heaven's agenda. You, you realize, see, Paul, Paul said... In, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 21, he said, Many people, they look out for their own interests. Not many people look out for the interests of Jesus Christ. And so this is about every day, I'm looking out for the interests of Jesus today. I'm representing heaven on earth. And so I've got in the back of my mind, what are his interests? What's his agenda? What's God's agenda for you this afternoon? What's God's agenda for you tomorrow when you go into your workplace? What's God's agenda for you tonight when you go have family, uh, when you go have dinner with your family and you've got a few members of your family who aren't saved? It's about getting the interests of Jesus into you. This is what the going mindset is about. Are we okay with this? So there's a, few, there's a, there's a couple of tips in here that the Scripture gives us on how to help us with that. It says in verse 18 of this Scripture in Matthew chapter 28, all authority has been given to Jesus, therefore. So he's given it to us. So all authority has been given to Jesus. So the first thing, if I want to have a going mindset, I have to have faith that all authority has been given to Jesus and he's given it to me. If I don't have faith in that, it's going to be very difficult for me to go. The second one, he's with you. In verse 20, it says he's with you. That's amazing that the commission to go is sandwiched between Jesus having all authority and the fact that he is with us. Isn't that amazing? So that tells me every single day I need to be aware that Jesus is living in me, that, that therefore I have all authority. Therefore I have a power to act in the spirit realm and in the natural. The Holy Spirit can move through me, through his authority. And he's with me 
Jesus is with me. This is about having faith in your ability to go. There's people in here and you're not going because you don't have faith that Jesus is going to come through for you. Come on. You don't have faith that when I pray for this person or, or when I go and share Jesus with someone, when I share the love of God, you don't have faith that God's going to rock up. See, to have, to have a going mindset, it's about having a positive outlook towards evangelism. That's what I find. I spent many years with a negative outlook when it came to evangelism. I was setting myself up for failure. So I would think, oh, well, God wants to move through me today. Oh, but what if this happens? Oh, you know, what if I stuff this up? Or what if this doesn't happen? And you're coming into it in unbelief. And so you're setting yourself up for failure. Maybe sometimes we should think, oh, God wants to move through me today. Oh, what if someone gets healed when I pray for them? Oh, what if someone actually gets saved when I, just, when, I, when I awkwardly share Jesus with them? You know, think about it in a positive mindset, in a mindset of faith. Amen? The great man, uh, John G. Lake, he was an incredible man, an amazing healing evangelist. And he does a whole bunch of incredible, he did amazing teachings and it was all about being God conscious, being God conscious. He said, when a man gets in his soul the reality of heaven, that's when he'll change the world for God. So that means you need to get conscious of God every single day. When you're more focused on the reality of heaven in your life than the reality of the physical realm, that's when you'll be able to go. Amen? John G. Lake said that. Incredible. And he had an amazing ministry. The, the, the Holy Spirit flowed through him so freely because he was so conscious of God, of the reality that he had all authority and the reality that Jesus was with him. So that's the first point, is that we have a going mindset. We have faith that God is with us and that he's given us all authority. Amen? you called to go. you called to go. Acts chapter 8, we're in now. This is a great scripture. Acts chapter 8. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So Philip started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means the queen's, uh, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Verse 30, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So the Ethiopian man invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And we know this is an amazing passage of scripture. The next thing that happens is Philip explains the, uh, the good news of Jesus to him and he's, uh, he's saved, set free, and he gets baptized. He believes in God. Uh, it's incredible what, what happens with Philip here and it gives us an important principle. This is an incredibly important principle when it comes to sharing Jesus with people in your life because Philip, he gets up in the morning, he brushes his teeth, you know, makes himself brekky, gets a coffee or two, and he's off on his way to work. And he's on the road. And the Holy Spirit says something to Philip. He says, I want you to go and run up to this man here. I want you to go up to this person. There's an Ethiopian man coming on a chariot, just crossing his path. Philip didn't know what would happen. And the Spirit speaks to him. And Philip, he listens to the Spirit. 
he, he, he goes up, there's an opportunity, he goes to the Ethiopian man, and, and then we, we know that Philip, he then is an opportunity, is an open door of favor for him to minister to the man. And so that tells me the second point. First point is we have this going mindset. The second one is we're called to listen. So you're called to go, and now you're called to listen. Ooh, called to listen. This is all about the Holy Spirit. We cannot, do, we cannot share Jesus with people. You cannot uh, have the power of God flowing through you without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. He is, if you think about the Holy Spirit, He is the master evangelist. He's the master. He, he, the Bible says, from Him, from God are all things, to Him are all things, in Him all things consist. So that means the Spirit of God is everywhere. There's no place that He's not. The Spirit's everywhere. So we often don't think about this because we just go through our day unaware. But the Spirit is at work in the hearts of unbelievers. The Spirit is always at work in people's lives. He is. We don't see it because we're missing it in the spirit realm. But just like the Ethiopian man, he was at work. The Spirit was at work in the Ethiopian man's life. Philip didn't know it. Philip doesn't realize that the man's reading a book from the prophet Isaiah. Philip's got no clue, but he just listens to the Spirit. He listens to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit knows what is going on in people's lives. He's wooing them. He's pursuing them. We don't see it, but He is. He's at work. See, we thought, oh, He's just, he's just with me, and that's it. The Holy Spirit, are oh, you with me throughout the day? But He's with everyone else. He's with her, even with an unbeliever in their workplace. In your workplace, the Holy Spirit, He's working in the hearts of people who aren't saved in your workplace. For people here, and you've got family members who aren't saved, the Holy Spirit is working. He's wooing. His love is pursuing them. And so we need to understand this. So, so if the Holy Spirit is doing that, that means like, Philip, I need to be listening. I need to listen up. I need to hear what the Holy Spirit's saying to me throughout the day. Listening to the Holy Spirit. It's so incredibly important. There, there are people everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere, God wants to set up opportunities for you. And opportunities are coming by, like Philip with this Ethiopian man. There's opportunities coming by you every day. And we miss them when we don't listen to the Holy Spirit. Um, I was on, a, I was on a, a run. You know I like my running. I got to look after the temple, the Holy Spirit. Thank you. And I was on a run in, in, the, in the park. And there was a guy in about his 60s. And I'm running by. And I'm thinking, God, I want to get this done. I've got a lot of work to do today. So I'm on my run. I'm, I'm not really focused. And, and, he, and I run past him and he was just, I just looked at him and he, he was sad, depressed, just had this demeanor over him. And God said to me, just stop, talk to him. And I'm like, oh, all right, all right. I'll stop and have a quick chat to him. And so, you know, the best thing to do to, to, if you want to share Jesus with someone, the best thing to do is just to introduce yourself. It's a bit weird if you, don't, if you go up to someone and say, hey, da 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 No, no, just introduce yourself first. But just be a kind friend first. <laughs> and so I've seen that happen. People go up and, and, you know, it's like, oh, no. All right, anyway, I've got, so I go up to him and, and I heard, as soon see, I stepped out and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It was just a thought that popped up. The great men and women of faith, Kenneth Hagins, Kenneth Copeland, they call it an inner witness. It's where the Holy Spirit is in you and he witnesses to your spirit. It's like a thought or a picture or something comes. And he said, he said, tell him 
that I'm not a wrathful God, that I'm a God who loves. And I thought, well, that's weird, because he, if he has no, no idea about God, then this is going to sound really bad. But anyway, I went up to him, and I said exactly that. And he told me, his eyes like lit up, and he told me that he was a Catholic, and that for years and years and years, he thought God was angry at him, that God condemned him. and that, So he didn't have a relationship with God. He had a knowledge of God, but he didn't have a relationship with him. So I didn't know if he was saved, but I just had a great chat to him. And, uh, and he was a great man, and I've seen him a couple of times after that when I go on my runs. Give him a wave, say hi. Uh, but the whole point is it's about listening. See, when you listen, it unlocks a key in someone's life. When I hear the Holy Spirit, when you hear the Holy Spirit, like Philip, he will give you a key to unlock someone's heart. So think about this just while we're finishing this point up. There is a spiritual battle surrounding people's salvation, isn't there? The enemy does not want people to be saved. So there's something spiritual going on. There's a spiritual stronghold in someone's life who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ, where there's a wall up by the enemy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 tells me that. It says, The God of this age, the devil, he blinds the heart of unbelievers, and so they can't see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that means people who don't yet know God, who aren't saved, their hearts are blinded by the enemy and they need someone to get in there and to lead them out. And so that's why the Holy Spirit, He's so important because He will give you a key to unlock that person's heart. In Acts chapter 14, verse 8 to 10, the Apostle Paul, he's speaking to a crowd and the Scripture says he observes that there was, there was a paralyzed man there. He observed that the man had faith to be healed. So Paul... He's, he's listening to the Holy Spirit while he's speaking. He's observing. He's seeing what's going on in the Spirit. He's looking at the enemy's strongholds, what the enemy's doing. And he's observing. And then he sees that there's this paralyzed man who needs salvation. And he sees that the man has faith to be healed in the Spirit. And so he says to the man, get up! And the man's healed. Bang! There's a physical salvation. Come on! So that tells me that when you listen to the Holy Spirit, he will give you something where you'll be like, what are you talking about? Like Philip, he'll say, what are you talking about here? But he sets people up and he gives you the key so you can swoop in and you can lead them to Jesus. Amen? Amen. You can lead them out. See, Jesus, his assignment was to destroy the work of the enemy, wasn't it? And that's one of your assignments, is to destroy the work of the enemy in people's lives. So if people aren't saved, if they don't know Jesus... That means there is a work of the enemy in their life that's blinding them from Jesus. So I've got to get the key from the Holy Spirit to unlock it. I've got to meet their need, and only the Holy Spirit can show me what that need is. There's no point going to a rich man, giving him $100, and saying God loves him. It's probably not going to do much because he's got all the physical resources you need. With a, with a poor person, it's going to open a door, isn't it? And so this is about actually the Holy Spirit giving you strategies. He'll give you strategies to open up someone's heart, to, to sow a seed, to, to draw them out. This is important for some people because I know people here and you have family members who don't know Jesus and you've been trying for years and years and years. My advice is listen like Philip. Listen to the Holy Spirit because He is going to give you a key today. He's going to unlock something in your life and you're going to be like, oh, that was it. That was it. I've been knocking on this door for so long but I've got to knock on the other door. Come on. 
That should be good. Someone should get excited about that. So we're called to listen. And there's a short, uh, there's a, there's a short key in this, which helps us how to listen. Uh, Philip says in verse 31, well, the Holy Spirit speaks to him. Philip goes up to the man and he asks questions and he listens to the Ethiopian man. So that's, that, that, that's a bit scary, isn't it? It's a bit scary, but I'm saying that if you want to listen to the Holy Spirit, it actually takes a risk. You've got to step out and ask the person questions, find out what they're like, and in that realm of taking the risk, that's when the Holy Spirit's going to come down and drop a seed. Sometimes the Holy Spirit won't speak to you until you go up and take the risk, and you're like, oh God, what's going on here? What's this person's need? But inside, you're like, you've got no idea what's happening. That's when the Holy Spirit's going to come and show you something. He'll give you a key. He'll give you a word of encouragement for the person. He'll say, help them out financially. Or or share, uh, maybe you get a prophetic word for them. Or or just maybe serve them in this area. Help them with something. But the Holy Spirit, in the realm of risk, He comes, He shows up, and He gives you a key. Amen? So that's it. I've got to ask questions. Be observant. And listen to the person's needs. Ask questions, be observant, listen to their needs. Then the Holy Spirit is going to give you wisdom on how to meet those. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 12 says that the righteous one, which is you, it takes, takes note of the house of the wicked and brings the wicked to ruin. So people who aren't saved, they're not wicked, but they've got the work of the enemy in their life, who is wicked. And so that means I look at their lives and I say, What's, where, where's the house of the enemy set up in your life and where can I bring the enemy to ruin in your life? So sometimes you've got to notice where the enemy is at work in someone's life and then you've got to help that person overcome that. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're called to listen. We're called to listen. That was a good point. We need the Holy Spirit. He's the master evangelist. He's going to give you keys. Amen? We partner with the Holy Spirit. We, we show you throughout the day, you're listening you're saying, we've got the mindset of going, and then we're listening to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you showing me here today? Are you giving me a word for someone? Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 5, verse 27. Luke chapter 5, verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. So Levi was, um, was Matthew, Jesus' disciple. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and other people were eating with them. Okay. So Levi, he gets called by Jesus. He says, done. Yep, I'm believing. I'm a believer now. I believe in you, Jesus. I'm following you. He's a picture of you today. Levi is a picture of you. You're all followers of Jesus. You all love God. Amen. And Levi, he says, all right, I believe in you now, Jesus. I'm going to hold a great banquet for you. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite all my friends along. I'm going to, I'm going to bring all, all my friends, all my other tax collectors, you know, the people who are doing it with me, all, all the people who, who I know, I'm bringing them along to this banquet. And imagine, imagine him sending out the invites and he's saying, oh, yeah, there's this banquet, there's this party I'm having tonight. And side note, Jesus will be there. <laughs> Jesus will be, you know, it's like a PS. Jesus will be there. You know, that's what Levi is doing. Levi is inviting people to Jesus through his generosity. Through his generosity. 
And so this is the third point for us today. We are called to give. We're called to give. So we've got the mindset of going. You've listened to the Holy Spirit. And now you're called to give. You're called to give what, he's give, what the Holy Spirit's giving you. You're called to be generous to people. See, believers should be the most generous people in the world because we always have something to give. You always have something to give. In Acts chapter 3, it's an incredible story and most people would know it, but Peter and, uh, sorry, Peter and John, isn't it? They go to the temple of the gate called Beautiful. They're about to go through that gate and there is a lame beggar who's been put there every single day. And he's put there, and it's interesting that the temple is always a picture of God's presence, and this man can't get into the temple because he's lame. It's a picture of people in your life who aren't saved, they're spiritually lame, and they need to be connected to Jesus somehow, and you're the one. You're the one who connects them. They're stuck, they're disconnected from God's presence. And so Peter and John, they come along, and, and, they, and the, the man asks something from them. He says, oh, have you got some money? And, and Peter and John are like, well, I haven't done my gold or silver investments this week. You know, I've sold, sold all my gold and silver. So, you know, I don't have, I don't have any cash on me. Uh, but you know what? What I have, what I have, what I have, I give to you. Get up in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and walk. In other words, they understood that they always had something to give. Pastor Andrew spoke about this last week, the flow of the kingdom through your life. The kingdom of God lives in you and, and it wants to get out of you. So you always got something to give, even if I don't have any physical resources. There's always something for me to give to people because the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit, God's prophetic nature, His love, His healing power, His forgiveness, His righteousness, it lives in me. Amen. It lives in you. You've got something to give. Even if you feel like you're going through the wilderness at the moment, you're going through all these trials, doesn't matter. I can still go to my workplace and I've got something to give people. I can still lead people to Jesus. I can still share Jesus with people. Even when I'm sick, even if I've got something going on in my life, I can still pray for someone's healing because I've got the kingdom of God in me. It's in me. Amen. It's in you. Come on. It's in you, the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 10 says, Jesus gives the authority to his disciples. And then he says, freely, you've received this. So we receive it all freely. Thank you for that, Lord. Now freely give. Freely you've received, freely give. That's the flow of the kingdom. It's the flow of the kingdom. I, I receive from Jesus. I receive from the Holy Spirit. I'm listening to him. And then I give. Throughout my day, I'm going shopping. And I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, and he, and he points someone out. And he says, now I, want you, I just want you to encourage this person. I want you to help them, serve them. So then I give. So then I give. And see, it's in the giving that the kingdom of God shows up. It's in the giving that God's power shows up. If you're not giving, then you're blocking the flow of the kingdom in your life. The, the, the kingdom of God has an assignment on its life. Did you know that? The kingdom God places in you the kingdom of heaven, the Holy Spirit, he has an assignment. And that assignment is to get out of you and impact the world around you. So if you're not giving, then you're blocking his flow in your life. Some of you want, want to experience more of God's power. Some of you want to experience the kingdom. We should all want that, his supernatural realm. You, you won't experience it unless you give. You've got to give out. You've got to give what you have. Amen. 
I see a lot of great givers in this room. I see a lot of incredible givers. Levi, he knew that all his friends were disconnected from God. And so he finds a strategic way to give to invite them to Jesus. Everyone in that room had an invitation to see Jesus. Everyone in that room was in there and had an encounter with Jesus. Now, it's their choice whether they, whether they wanted to receive Jesus or follow Jesus. But Levi, it was in his giving that enabled the people to make the choice. Amen? So it's in our giving. It's when you give. Maybe you're walking throughout your day and you see someone who, who needs help with their kids. Or you see someone who needs help financially. And you go up to them and you give. And that will open a door. That will open a door that invites them to Jesus. Amen. Your giving leads to people encountering Jesus. And so that's what we're called to do. I'm called to give. Look at the result. This is the result of, uh, of Levi's generosity. He was a generous man. Imagine that. He just loses his job. He, he's, he was a tax collector. And then he's like, all right, done. I'm done with that. So he doesn't have a job anymore. Yet he still holds this incredible banquet. Imagine all the food, all the, all the, all the wine. It was good wine back then. And, uh, and imagine that. But his generosity, because he wanted to see other people encounter Jesus. He wanted to see other people have what he had. Just thought. So this is the example of, uh, of Levi's generosity. This is what happened with, his, with his, the result of his giving. It built a relationship with people. And that relationship was the foundation for people to continually encounter Jesus. It built a relationship with people. So some of you are afraid of giving. Well, I can tell you right now, the worst thing that will happen is that it will build a relationship with someone. That's the worst thing that will happen, is your giving to people will build a relationship with someone, and that relationship builds trust. You've, you've gained a, a door of favor into their life. It builds trust. And then because you're now in a relationship with them, like Levi with his friends, they, he, they continually had a, an opportunity to always meet Jesus because Levi was the connection point. So that tells me that whenever you give, it builds a relationship with someone and they can continually encounter God through you. They can continually encounter God's love, God's healing power, God's grace, God's wisdom through your life. It doesn't mean you lead the person to Jesus straight away, but it's sowing a seed, investing into people's lives, building a relationship, and then you're listening to the Holy Spirit. And when you see a time of need, you're there. Why? Because they trust you. You have a relationship with them. Amen? Come on. You've got to build that relationship. That's what Levi did so well in this. And, uh, you know, it, it was incredibly amazing what he did because Jesus... He allowed all these tax collectors, all, all people who were separate to come to him. Jesus was all for it. And, uh, and that tells me that when we're, we're, you're building a relationship with someone, we accept them for who they are. That is such an important point. Is I look at someone and I come to them and I say, you need Jesus. I'm going to accept you as you are because that's what Jesus would do. And I'm going to bring you to the fountain of living water. Amen? I'm going to give you an encounter today. So... Sharing Jesus with people, that is our call. That is, uh, that is the interest of God for your life. I know many of you have other interests. You know, we want God's blessing, His favor. We want all this to happen in our life. But at the back of your mind should always be the, the interest of Jesus Christ. 
which is we're going. We're called to go. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Christ in me means that the glory of God's going to get outside of me and someone today is going to be impacted. Someone's going to be encountered today. And so we have this going mindset. Then we're listening to the Holy Spirit like Philip. I'm always listening. You're always aware. This is how you start. It doesn't mean you step out yet. It doesn't mean you share Jesus with someone yet. But I've got the mindset of going and now I'm aware. I'm listening to what the Holy Spirit's doing. I'm waiting for that key. I'm waiting for that. What the enemy is doing in that person's life, Holy Spirit's going to give me a strategy to help overcome that. Open a door. Amen. And then we are give. We're called to give. We're always called to give. Be generous. You've got the kingdom of God living within you. He has enabled you to live a supernatural life. Amen. And that's the kingdom flow. Is that we receive and then we give. Amen. We receive from God and then we give to people throughout our day. You're all incredible givers. Yeah. I see that. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you have equipped us for a life of living in your supernatural realm. Thank you, Father, that it flows through us. And we thank you that we can have faith, great faith in you today, that when we share you with people in our world, that they are going to be impacted, transformed, that they're going to be led to you, Jesus, because you've given us all authority and because you are with us. So we have faith today, God. We believe that. We believe that. We believe that, Lord. We thank you, God, that during this week, you're going to show us people. You're going to show us people to listen and to give into their lives. The Holy Spirit you're going to empower us to go. Like Philip, you're going to be with us and empower us and speak to us words of wisdom, strategies from heaven. We thank you for that, Lord. I even see people right now, and I see that as you go throughout this week, you're going to get a fresh perspective from God on, on how to lead the people you care about to Him. There's people in this room and you've got people you deeply care about and they don't yet know Jesus. And you feel like you've been plugging away for years and years and years. You feel like you've been plugging away and it's not doing anything. You, you feel like you, you can't go on any longer. And, and the Holy Spirit is saying to you today that He has a strategy. He has a key for you. That there, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a door opening in that person's life and the Holy Spirit's going to swoop in through you and unlock it and unlock it today and unlock it today. So if that's you today, just raise your hand right now. There's people here and you want to see people, your friends, close relatives, and just receive. You want to see them changed and transformed by Jesus. So just receive that right now. I see the Holy Spirit. He's coming upon you right now. He's bringing wisdom to your life. Right now, He's bringing wisdom He's unlocking a strategy for you. So think about that person right now because the Holy Spirit is witnessing to you right now. He's going to show you like Philip on the road. He's going to show you right now a key. So we thank you for that, Lord. Just receive it, receive it, receive it. We thank you for that, Father. 
We thank You, Lord. We plough the ground before us in prayer right now for those people who don't yet know You who are in our lives. We just sow seeds into their lives right now. We thank You that You're at work in their hearts, Holy Spirit. And we decree, Lord, in their lives that they shall encounter You in Jesus' mighty name. We thank You, Lord. So soften our hearts right now to You, Holy Spirit, to what You're doing, to what You're saying, to where You're moving, Holy Spirit, that we become so conscious of You throughout the day, Lord. That, Father, that we have Your interests in mind. And so when we meet that person, we're ready. We're ready. We're ready in Jesus' name. We're ready with that strategy. And I prophesy in the name of Jesus that every single person in this room You are going to lead someone to Jesus Christ this year. That every single person in this room, you are going to, uh, the kingdom's going to flow through you and impact those around you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And we just speak right now. I speak into every single person, every person, a fresh passion, a fresh hunger, and a fresh desire to reach the people around them in Jesus' name. Right now, a fresh passion, a fresh hunger, a fresh desire in their schools, a fresh passion, hunger, and desire in their families. We thank you for that, Lord. We receive that right now, Holy Spirit. We receive that right now. You're the master evangelist. You stir us up, Lord, so we receive that from you in Jesus' name.